Welcome to the Pork and Feed the Birds, where we out here, as always, recording on unceded Indigenous lands. So I always start by paying my gratitude and respect to elders and community, past and present, the lands that I recorded on, and also by asserting that I know that it always was and always will be Aboriginal land. First things first, as I always do a little bit of housekeeping, we'll get this right out of the way at the start. I have the last two sessions of my show, which is a deep dive into whiteness and occult fascism, among a few other things, as part of the Melbourne Fringe 2020 Festival, an online show, White Trader. Last two sessions, tonight and Wednesday night. If you love me, go watch it, please. And to all of you who've seen it thus far, thank you. I'm told it's an intense show. I already knew that. But then again, I know all the material, so it's different for me. Take breaks between the chapters if you are watching. Please go have a drink of water or a beer or something, a bit of fresh air. But do watch it, please. I beg of you. I just beg. Secondly, if you support what I do, if you enjoy this podcast or any of the other episodes of The Pork and Feed the Birds, which began at the beginning of this year, we're almost at the end of 2020 now, thank fuck. Um, please leave a star review, leave a review review for me on any of the podcast apps, your favourite one, if it allows for it. Um, it would really um, help me to get the word out there about my humble little uh, political slash anti-fascist slash whatever it is deep dive podcast. That would really help me out and I will love you twice as much as I do right now if you help me out in that regard. Finally, if you really enjoy this episode and any of the others that you hear or anything else that I do slash everything else that I do, please consider chucking a clam my way on Patreon. You will be saving my life. You will also be financially dominating me. I have been told in a previous episode by a sex worker that financial domination doesn't really work that way. In fact, I would be financially dominating you under the ordinary terms. But you and I both know it works different when it's you supporting me via my Patreon. You are both my daddy and my supporter. And isn't that an empowering thing for you to be? Now... Over my time in anti-fascism, I have always, usually, been told that whatever I'm doing now is not really as important as whatever I was doing before. Most recently, I've been told, why are you looking into these people? You used to go and stand and argue with people like Neil Erickson or Avi Yemeni with their cameras. What's this shit? I'm not personally entertained enough. I want better stuff. Hey. Make it better, make it more fun. Well, here's the thing, mates. Anti-fascism, as with fascism itself, isn't really structured for your personal entertainment. I'm sorry that the latest waves of racists and white supremacists and fascists out there aren't what you want to see in 2020, but that's the way it works. Frankly, I'd rather there weren't any at all, and I could just get into deep dives in other kooky fringe communities and all the other many things that I love doing. But here we are. And actually, if you don't find this latest twist interesting, the core subject of this episode, then I don't know what to say to you because I think it's really fucking interesting. What we have is one of the world's largest celebrity profiles. That's what he is, who we've ever shared deliberately explicit neo-Nazi imagery. He's a hippy-dippy nutrition wannabe. Uh, he's a man who has a suspiciously large parcel of property out near Mount Warning or Wollumbin. He's a, an Australian and in some regards international celebrity. He's one of the world's largest proponents of the paleo diet. He's a man who's been called out as a quack and a charlatan by many different types of people. His name is Pete Evans. And I'm now doing a whole episode about him. What a world, hey? This episode, I'm speaking to two people. I'm speaking to the absolute sweet angel, Tara Leong, of the Nutrition Guru and the Chef uh, page slash podcast. Uh, Tara and I chat about her, her um, having noticed and discussed Pete Evans, the nutrition quack and charlatan, for eight years prior. And then I'm speaking to Cam Smith, who has been on this podcast before. 
If you follow the anti-lockdown movement, if you like following what kooks in Australia on political, usually far-right fringes, are up to in 2020, I have no doubt that you will have observed what Cam Smith shares of them because Cam Smith saves us all a lot of time. He's an amazing researcher. He's incredible. He's one, one half of the Yeah Now Pass Around podcast with old mate Slackbastard. And I talked to him about 2020 Pete Evans. From when we first noticed him earlier in the year sharing QAnon slash MAGA material right through to now sharing the Sonnenrad or the Black Sun. I guess the commonality there is that in both cases we should have fucking known earlier. Brands should have known not when he was sharing the Nazi symbol, the swastika adjacent Sonnenrad, but back when he was sharing the QAnon MAGA stuff, which is crypto-fascist material. They should have known then to distance themselves. And that's what I talked to Cam about. But then listen to someone like Tara and you realise that we should have known years ago. All the puzzle pieces were there. That's the Pete Evans that we need to reckon with. The hippy-dippy, doTERRA, paleo, celebrity, global celebrity, chef, apparent neo-Nazi. How the fuck did we get here? What an interesting year 2020 is. Listen, before we go ahead, if you've been under a rock and you haven't heard about this turn from Pete Evans, please go on to my pages, any one of my numerous social media pages, and listen to a chat with me and Lindsay McDougall of ABC Illawarra and also of the band Friends of Rom, <laughs> legend. We have a chat about the significance of the Black Sun of the Sonnenrad in, uh, in fascism and in occult fascism. Um, so if you need to get a, a very simple concise framework for what that means and why it is that he knew what he was talking about when he shared it, um, then please listen to that. But for now, I'm going to silence myself and let Tara Leong do the talking. Tara, I'm so happy to have you on. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you for having me because this is a topic very, very, very close to my heart. You'll probably have to um, hit the stop button because I could go on about this stuff for uh, for hours and hours. <laughs> so Amazing. thanks for having me. Amazing. If I had have, if you had have told me, you know, when I was listening to your podcast episode about um, Pete Evans, I mm. was thinking to myself, if you had have told me a year ago that um, in my, you know, at that point, very new uh, anti-racist political podcast that I would be speaking to a nutritionist, I would have done it. I will take it. <laughs> um, Tara, so look, so you're, you're a nutritionist by trade, yeah? Yes. Just quickly, I've got Ooh. a baby in my lap at the moment. I'm feeding a baby. I'm brewing up a mixture to feed the baby. It's um, two parts bone broth and one part doTERRA essential oils. Can I get you to give that the green light? Is that a good thing to feed this baby? <laughs> oh, dear. So did you get that from Pete Evans, did you? <laughs> yeah. It is 2020. Who knows Who knows what to believe? Well, Dara, you, you know, when it comes to, to the, in, the thing I found really of interest in discovering you, discovering a brilliant page, podcast and the rest of it is that we might be talking right now about Pete Evans' use of neo-Nazi symbolism, but of course there's people like yourself who have been dealing with the uh, – the, the the sad outcome of Pete Evans' quackery for a very long time. Can you tell us a little bit about your historic experience with Pete Evans? I can and I will gladly. So you're right. Um, I've been speaking out against Pete Evans for almost eight years, probably eight years now, and that all started when Pete, who was always known as a chef, started branching out into the health space. And what he started doing, he created this um, way of eating based on the paleo diet um, and he started producing books. His social media just absolutely exploded with millions of followers um, mm. and he started, he started a lot of talks around Australia called the Paleo Way. Most of all, he started a subscription service where people could log into his platform and get all of his expert advice, as he'd always say. Um, and what? So this is a privatized subscription service. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
which is, you know, that's what people do. That's that's the way of the world at the moment. But he's not qualified in nutrition. He's not qualified in health. But from the very start, he always positioned himself as an expert and as knowing more than anyone else out there. And when COVID came along, you saw him doing the same. It was it was just the same old story, but with COVID. But we, us health professionals, had seen Pete doing this eight years ago, um, mm. really, really discrediting all qualified nutritionists, dietitians, doctors, anyone in the health space, discrediting them, saying they were all paid off by the industry and to... He would literally say and post, don't listen to them. They're being paid off by um, uh, a big wheat or big whatever he wanted to create at that time, but I have the answers for you. The other, the, the reason why many of us health professionals uh, were really worried about him and the messages he was putting out there was that he was recommending this one way of eating that he believed could cure everything. So you would mm. see him talk about that it could um, reverse all of these um, medical and health conditions, but he had no evidence to support that at all. What he was doing, he was promoting this way of eating, making money off promoting this way of eating and giving people all of these uh, promises, um, uh, promises that they could live a better life. And the way that he was doing that was through fear. So what he would do was tell us all of the things in the current diet that could kill us and all of the ways that eating poorly could harm you. Um, now, when you're actually a health professional, you usually become clever enough to realise that that way of teaching people to get people to eat fruit and veggies, it's not as simple as just telling them to not drink Coke and that um, yeah. if you eat too much sugar, you will die and things like that. But that was okay. his approach. The problem with this was he went beyond just telling people not to eat, um, you know, chips and chocolate and pizza every day. What he was telling people to do was cut out really, really, really healthy food groups. So suddenly brown rice was evil and toxic. Fruit had apparently too much sugar and sugar causes cancer and the people who have cancer brought it on themselves apparently because they ate fruit. And these are all okay, the so we're kind of a, so of kind of a victim blaming narrative came in, did it? Oh, absolutely, absolutely, and that is what is terribly dangerous. So um, it was then the health professionals that would have clients and patients come to to almost um, seek guidance after following his advice because they actually became so unwell. So they were cutting out so many food groups that they were developing nutrient deficiencies and things like that. They were cutting out so many food groups and becoming so fearful of what eating a piece of whole grain bread could do to them or feeding a banana could do to their child that they were developing really, really terrible relationships with food and psychological distress around what they could and couldn't eat. And so way back then, I had a platform and I decided to use it. I, I decided I couldn't sit and watch what was happening keep going on. So around me, all of my colleagues and health professionals they were either A, too scared to stand up and say anything or B, they were worried that by standing out and pointing the finger at someone else, it would make them look unprofessional. Yeah. Um, I saw it from a different way. And as a health professional, when you get your qualification and all through your studies, one of the things that you're taught is that your number one rule of ethics in becoming a health professional is to and it's it's this is the saying first do no harm so mm. any piece of advice that you give at any moment you have to be 100% certain that that piece of advice won't harm one person yep what i felt with when i when i really dug into ethics and things like that was if i sat back silent and just 
didn't say something about this advice that really I was actually part of the harm that was being caused because I was thinking about myself before everyone else. So to sit back and go, oh, I don't want to do a post to say, don't listen to the bone broth recipe because it could kill babies. If I don't, if I, I can't, I can't do that because then babies could die. And I've sat here going, oh, I, I don't want to say anything because I don't want to be seen as the bad guy or I don't want to have lots of backlash. Yeah, which Throughout of course you know process, I respect. I, I respect that approach mm-hmm. more because you're you're prioritising um, uh, 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 reducing the harm of someone yes. with a big profile like Pete Evans ra- over the fear of controversy or of a backlash or what have you. I, I yeah, know which I think is more important. Yeah, that that's right. And and you know you've brought up the bone bone broth recipe, and it's a really really good point I'd like to even highlight for your listeners is that this was this was years and years ago that Pete Evans uh, released a, a sort of sneak peek at a recipe that he was going to publish in his book and it was an alternative to baby formula because he uh, was against the dairy in baby formula because he felt it would cause cancer um, and he was also against uh, what he called the chemicals in baby formula. When you look at the actual ingredients, there are no chemicals. They're just they're just um, ingredients and, and normal food things that are in formula. Anyhow, yeah. so he came out with this recipe that was, if you can't breastfeed, then I have this magical answer. And if you buy a tin of formula, you're a terrible mother basically. So here's my recipe and it was you boil up bones, you make bone broth for 20 hours or what have you, you boil up liver and then you blend it all and put that in the bottle for the baby. So lots of people in defence were saying, well, what's the harm with something all natural? Well, the harm with that is that the liver contains in one dose of the, the baby formula for the baby, I calculated out, 26 times the upper limit of vitamin A for a baby. And that's of the upper limit, like the maximum a baby should have in the day. And that's because it is actually can cause liver damage in in that baby. That's the problem. So you're uh, advising so, him of this problem, and he, well, it's a, I assume a bunch of other people are as well. Did he respond? Yeah, How so, did he respond? Well, yeah, so what he did was he went, he said, I don't, I, you know, I, I know, I know what I'm doing. I don't listen to the mainstream advice. The publishers actually pulled his contract and didn't publish a book. So we all went, oh, hallelujah, this is fabulous. And then the next day he came out and he said, oh, poor me, I'm being silenced. Um, and my publisher has pulled out, but I'll self-publish. And he self-published the book. So there was millions of copies sold and that, 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 um, that recipe was put out there despite so many people writing to him. The Australian Medical Association um, very, very clearly warned him to rethink because of the danger this could pose to children. And he, he just went, stuff you all I'm doing it anyway and that is um that is what was most frightening I think about this man is that that real inability to actually listen and take on board anyone else's opinion or expert opinion and actually also it creates a and you know, I can see the 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 puzzle the jigsaw puzzle pieces falling into place in everything you're describing from years back because mm. it's making a virtue out of being told that you're wrong almost mm. as though I'm actually you know, I'm being silenced with the idea yes. being that you've got this secret truth that only you're holding on to yes. and the reason that everyone's trying to stop you is because they don't understand or they're yes. an active agent of you know standing against you trying to subvert people and people fall for that kind of marketing it's very lucrative isn't it it is, and, and I'm no expert in cults, but you see that with cult leaders is that they have these 
absolutely bizarre and dangerous ideas and their followers all believe it because they believe that that leader knows more than other people. Tara, yesterday I was listening to, okay, so last episode of my podcast, I had a woman called uh, Sarah Steele who runs a podcast called Let's Talk About Sects, which is about Oh, yes. Oh, wow, I listened to that one. I'm addicted, yes. Cool, isn't it? Yeah. So now one of their episodes is about a cult that was in the Northern Rivers region in New South Wales called Universal Universal Medicine, I believe. And they aggressively police the food that their members eat and these people end up with deep-seated nutrition issues. And when you were telling me before about the the effects, you know, as someone working in nutrition that you would be experiencing in ex-Pete Evans clients or, you know, or people who who were fans of his, it sounded exactly the same. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, Just this fear around... um, if I know all of these foods that you shouldn't eat and if you eat them, you will die, but I have the answer to know what you should eat so you should listen to me. That's basically the premise that he's worked on for um, over over eight years that that is that highly unethical. But the problem with that is the information that he has is, is not based on science. It's just come out of his own head. It's actually wrong. It's terrible. For a kid to not be allowed to eat a banana, that is just terrible. (laughs) Yeah, totally. That's shocking, isn't it? really elitist. All of his, um, what we had trouble with was that all of his nutrition information was so elitist. It was so expensive. This guy's a millionaire. He has been for a long time. Um, So he can afford to go to the local butcher and buy a week's worth of meat that is all grass-fed. Now, to buy grass-fed meat, is uh, often three times more expensive to buy than just your normal chops from Coles. And, and, and not everybody has enough money to prioritise, unfortunately, those types of health choices. And it doesn't yep. mean that they're not healthy or not a good person if they can't do that. Yeah, and can I say that was one of the things I was most grateful to hear in your 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 Pete Evans episode of your podcast, which again, you know, I recommend everyone should be listening to straight after this. But I, oh, I you. you know, was the the I the hearing from you that thinking about nutrition for working class average families is important and also not impossible. Like, you know, you know, I get that impression listening to you that, of course, you know, your average family can work towards, um, you know, feeding themselves with food that's healthy within the budget. And you don't get that impression from the, let's say it, the elitism of someone like Pete Evans who encourages people to break the bank and then ultimately break their health too. <laughs> Yeah, and you see it from his followers. When people would question his advice, his followers would all chime in and really say, "Well, if 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 you if you are overweight or if you are sick, that's because you're not prioritizing your health. Or if you can't afford to eat this way, that's because you're not you're spending money on other things and not prioritizing the way that you eat. And that's just that's just ridiculous. It's really it's ridiculous. really sad. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been a surprising year for many reasons, obviously. Mm-hmm. Would you, were you surprised at the turns of the various turns of Pete Evans? Not, I have to say, absolutely not at all. Um, so he posted the meme and it was honestly for me, it was just another day on social media of Pete Evans. Honestly, yeah. it was I, that that behaviour for me was not out of character. Um, it wasn't. It wasn't a surprise. I, I have always known that he is that um, type type of person. Unfortunately, and I think that it's really really amazing. All he goes on about about being silenced, and you see that now with all the backlash and all the companies dropping him. And he's recently done a post um, to say that he's like closing down his Facebook page because he's had enough of being silenced and things like that. And I'll tell you a little bit of a story about that. So one of the reasons why I can't stand this guy so much (laughs) is that any time that any person comments on his post 
with anything other than adoration for him and praise, the post gets deleted straight away. Oh, so yeah. when you go and actually look <laughs> at his post, all you see is this, oh, Pete, I love you. Oh, Pete, you've helped me so much. You haven't seen the 50 people's, um saying, actually, um, oh, I'm just wondering how can I buy grass-fed meat because I'm low income and I uh, do you have any other ideas or, um, you know, I developed this blah, blah, blah deficiency and you don't see any of that. And this was, I was blocked by Pete Evans eight years ago when he, what happened was he always, always used uh, studies done on rats and mice uh, as evidence that his way of eating, the paleo way of eating, was was really fantastic. So yep. in the science world, when you see uh, when you see studies that are done on rats and mice, where they feed them a paleo diet and see what happens, it's it's kind of good information to kind of go, oh, that's interesting. But you never ever, it's never it's never gospel because they're rats and mice; they're not humans. Studies need yeah. to be done in humans. So science people always look at that research and basically just shove it off to, to the side. Now, yeah. over the years, he always posted these links to studies to show how sciencey he was, um, and, and they were always done on mice. And one day I just had <laughs> enough, but I very, very kindly, I kindly and very respectfully said, you know, well, this is good as kind of background knowledge, but in the science space, we kind of don't use studies done on rats. And within an hour, my comment was deleted and I was blocked and I was no longer to, I, I could never comment on any of his posts ever again. Ah, oh, yeah. And this kind of heavy curation of one's social media space is, is a hallmark of people who are really just trying to, you know, they're really just yeah. licensing their commercial ventures at the end of the day. I mean, it sounds yeah. to me like without Pete Evans' subscription services and his many book yeah. deals and his this and his yeah. that and his licensed products, then, you know, yeah. then then he wouldn't have... You know, he might be able to allow that 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 sort of that that discourse to be free on his page, but he has a vested interest, a vested yes. commercial interest in silencing anyone who goes against him. Yeah, and and I do wonder if it's also um, a personality, you know, this narcissistic type of he he honestly doesn't believe he's wrong, and he's he's n- never been open to feedback whatsoever. Um, yeah, so I find yeah. it I find it really interesting that he silences and has been for so many years, but yet he is so against being silenced himself, and his whole philosophy is all around, um, you know, how the government is trying to keep secrets and with COVID and. Um, you know, he aligns himself with Trump and, and free speech is what is what what is necessary and how we, we can't have our voice taken away. But he does this exact thing and has done for so long to mm. anything that isn't his own beliefs. I'm yep. really big on ethics and one of the basics of ethics, the four pillars of ethics, and particularly in the health space, is this pillar of um, autonomy. So that is where someone has all of the information that they can get to make an informed decision for themselves. So you see that when you go to the doctor, they might diagnose you with a condition and they have to uh, ethically give you the five different options for treatment. They might think one of them is better than the four others but they can't only give you that one option. They have to give you the five options so that you can go away and make your decision. The problem I've always had with Pete Evans is he takes that autonomy away from everybody because he doesn't allow any other side of the story on his social media feeds other than just praise and and love for him and his, his way of eating. 
Yeah, so it becomes like a personality cult, doesn't it? And and yet yeah. we've gotten, and yet we've seen now that most of you know, owing to this one post, um, that even if it were like the straw that broke the camel's back, which I suspect it sort of was, but now um, yeah. he's lost the vast majority of his licensing deals. That must be a relief for someone like you to see. Yeah, well, it is. I, I, and I should, I should know. Um, you know, some people have said to me on social media, sent me messages that they don't like seeing that I'm taking joy in watching him go down. And I, and I should say that I don't feel at all um, joy seeing a man kind of unravel because I do worry about what the implications may be on his mental health and even financially for his family and his children. But mm. I do get joy out of knowing that his voice and his reach, which have, have been absolutely massive. Millions of people see his dangerous messages every single day. That yep. reach is going to be smaller. And and that is what I am grateful for because less people will be harmed. Well, I am grateful to talk to you and I'm so grateful that I've come across you. Um, I'm so grateful that, um, that that in 2020 an anti-racist podcast can find itself having a nutritionist on, you know, you know yes. on a collaboration. How, how cool is that? Um, I know and I... I'm excited. I'm not a political person, but, you know, I'm excited to be on a, a fabulous political <laughs> podcast, but it all intertwines, <laughs> doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It really, really does in a year where a pandemic has shaped all of our lives. Health is obviously a huge thing to so many people. And so I guess it's not that much of a surprise in in a, in a, in a crazy old year like 2020. Tara, can you tell us about where we can find you online? Tell us where we can find your podcast, your pages. Um, oh, please yeah. plug, plug everything. Yeah. Oh, well, I um, so I'm the nutrition guru and the chef and I'm on Facebook and um, I'm on TikTok now where I dance with vegetables. Um, Instagram, <laughs> find me on Instagram. <laughs> um, I, I did a post last night with me um, uh, wobbling my bum at the, at the um, clothesline to encourage people to just embrace their body and sort of live <laughs> life. <laughs> so you have to check that one out. Um, and... <laughs> Yeah, and I'm also, I have a podcast as well, and it's called 99% Fad Free, and it's where I just give evidence-based nutrition information and tackle some of these fads that are going around and and um, just help people to be able to see both sides to the story. Social media is just so full of nonsense when it comes to nutrition and and a lot mm. of it can be harmful i am pretty vocal on social media just so that people have the other side of the story and then they can make their own decision and they can have a laugh at me dancing in my kitchen with with um celery and stuff like that <laughs> <laughs> love it love your work Tara yeah. I will put a link I'll put a show links to uh, your podcast and also your social media pages in the description oh, for this you. episode as well so in case people want to check you, you out um, Tara Leong thank you so much for your time legend thank you can I leave a message for the for, for your wonderful listeners before I go and I'd just love sure. to say that I hope that in 2020 that this whole Pete Evans uh, fiasco really just um, cements in with people that whatever you're reading online, just look into who the person is, what their qualifications are, and uh, before making any big decisions about health, just make sure you get some credible advice and don't just blindly follow um, people that kind of have nice white teeth and a tan. <laughs> Best advice I've heard all year, hey. Thank you, Tara. <laughs> All right, thank you. Are we? That's interesting. That's interesting. That's interesting. That's an interesting one. That's interesting. Cam Smith, hello, my man. Hello, welcome. Tom Tanuki, how are you going? I'm good. I'm good, mate. I'm good. Um, thank you for coming back 
to uh, the pork and feed the birds. Um, again, to talk about kooks, I suppose related to and where were you last time? It was about ah, oh, it was almost six months ago, four or five months ago, and we were talking about the anti-lockdown movement, weren't we? Yeah, that all went well. Mm. <laughs> you actually, the thing is, is that you have, you, and I think that was already happening at that time, but certainly is the case now. You became the go-to guy through your hard work and dedication to these kooks, you know, to documenting the actions. You became the man for uh, consistent updates on on. The, the anti-lockdown movement and surrounding conspiracy kooks, didn't you? Yeah, it just goes to show, like, kids, if you're listening, all you've got to do is bang on about this stuff for 15 years and one day you'll get in the paper about it. <laughs> well, actually, you know, I'm reminded, I was reminded, again, because I, I know how long you've been doing what what you do, but I was reminded once again of your, your longevity in these things by just the other day it was a... Um, uh, uh, Pete Evans referred to the original sovereign tribal. What is it? Federation or foundation? I yeah, federation. Know. I think. Well, yeah, yeah, and and it, 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 as though as a way of kind of you know setting off allaying the neo-Nazi tag, and he was he's talking about a sovereign citizenry, but with an indigenous bent group led by a guy called Mark McMurtry, and then you shared a tweet from. What was it, over 10 years ago yeah. when you first discovered the guy? Yeah. Fucking yeah. hell. It made me feel like a real baby with everything <laughs> that I do in this space, you know. I'm like, Jesus, man. You're going to be you're gonna be looking at – sometimes I get really burnt out. But then I, I – I don't know. I guess I have to look at you and I'm like, you, you are a master of this. You have been doing this for a very long time. I'll stop. The thing with – I guess the thing with Mark McMurtry, though, is, you know – I've tweeted about him 10 years ago, but there's been heaps of material about this guy over the subsequent 10 years. It doesn't take a lot of research when you're doing your research to find out that actually it's a bit sus. And so Pete Evans, the master independent researcher, getting on board with him, it's like, give me a fucking break. Yeah, totally, totally. Particularly given, I mean, there's a lot of people from that OSTF group who are, you know, I I mean, they're – Right wing or far right or whatever you want to call it in so many respects, you know, they, 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 they're sitting there talking about in comments online, you can find them on Facebook talking about how Antifa and Black Lives Matter are, you know, terrorists or, or paid shills paid by Soros and what have you, all the same views of any other far right MAGA person, hey? Yeah. I guess for me the really like sort of nasty thing about the OSTF and Mark McMurtry is that he – it's just the normal sovereign citizen stuff. Even, be, you know, there's an issue of Indigenous sovereignty that's separate to all of this that they sort of try yes. and shoehorn into the sovereign citizen thing. But it doesn't change the fact that the sovereign citizen stuff doesn't work. And so... This is the thing, isn't it? It's, yeah. It seems cruel to me, though, when you have this situation in this country where, you know, it doesn't always go well for Indigenous people going through the justice system to then make it even harder for them by filling people's heads with this shit and then when the outcomes can be so much worse than they are for white people it seems very irresponsible to me you know there are legitimate discussions of course about indigenous sovereignty and i want everyone to be having them however a group like ostf the 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 outcome of their conversation is is this this delusional path telling you this this is how you can get out of all these speeding fines which is rubbish. It's going to land people in jail. The other thing is, it's like when I remember when Pete first announced he was getting on board with the OSTF, they'd just like serve the government with papers that they were illegitimate or something for like the 15th time or whatever. And his comment was, oh, you know, this man. is going to wipe everything off the front page. You know, we're not going to be seeing coronavirus anymore because this is going to be the most groundbreaking story of, you know, the century. And fucking months later, what happened to it, Pete? <laughs> It's the same thing happened every other time they've done this. I'm so worried about Pete Evans on his estate area. Then what is it? What do they call it? There's a whole other conversation around this. I tried to reach out to the people who are managing a blog uh, called, I think it's called Nightcap Nightmare. They haven't got back to me yet, but I wanted to be able to talk to them about what's going on in this huge parcel of land 
that Pete Evans has bought somewhere around Wollumbin or Mount Warning, the settler name for it. And what's he doing out there? What's he going to do now? Now that we know he's a, you know, he's a he's a, a covert white supremacist. He's up to no good. Maybe. Mm. Out back heaven's gate. Here we come. That's what I worry about. Look, I wanted to talk to you. I've already had a conversation with the nutrition guru and the chef about Pete Evans in, you know, pre-2020 Pete Evans and how perhaps we, or rather brands and all the people who supported him with a series of lucrative licensing deals should have seen the signs on the wall. However, I mean, the same could equally be said of of 2020, you know, we're waiting until he posts up a Sonnenrad or a Black Sun. But, um, you know, you have been, you were the first, is it not true, to inform the public of the fact that Pete seemed to be turning a little bit awry. Would you agree? Yes. Yeah, I think so. So he'd been posting increasingly cooked gear on Instagram where it was like, it was getting up to the edge. I think people were like, this is a little QAnon-y. But it wasn't all the way there. It was just sort of, you know, great awakening sort of stuff where mm. that's, well, that's how they get you. You can say, oh, you know, of course we're, we're going through a great awakening. We're all, you know, going to ascend to a higher vibration, blah, blah, blah. That's just normal cool yep. tippy shit. But it was in his Instagram stories that was where the real story was. And, yeah, I, um, I noticed he was, like, posting explicit QAnon yeah, like uh, I think one of the th- first things I noticed was a thing saying these are the co- the COVID nineteen code words. If you see these codes, if you see these phrases in the media, it means you know if someone se- is come down with COVID and they're a celebrity or whatever, it means they've been arrested. And you know, if they've come down with COVID and they're they're in quarantine, it means they've been executed. Like explicit <laughs> QAnon stuff. <laughs> And, yeah, I mean, and he posted, like, those huge conspiracy maps as well with, like, the whole thing. And some of that you could be like, all right, I'm just asking questions, but some of it not really. No, yeah. So that was around March or April, wasn't it? Mm. And I think, to be fair, we were seeing so many people at that time who were turning down that. But Pete's different, isn't he? Pete's got a big profile, hey? I think the weird thing is I think there's heaps of – well, we know there's heaps of influencers and Instagram people that fell down these rabbit holes. And I reckon there would be people with large audiences, like not on a Pete Evans scale, but large audiences that have fallen down this. And you don't hear about it because their audiences are not you – know, there's not people outside the audience looking at the, the material. And that's the thing about yeah. things like Instagram stories and now we're going to see with Twitter fleets and things like this where you need to be engaged with the community to see them so people outside it never see this stuff. Yeah, that's right. So it's only for the converted, isn't it? And it's really only for your existing audience. And that's why I suppose where you'd see the more cooked Pete Evans content is through those things because it feels like there's less investment or less responsibility you need to take for something that's going to disappear in 24 hours, I suppose. Mm. But you know, you 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 found you still found you still found the beginning warning signs and sent it through. Did you ever think to yourself, Cam, that maybe it was maybe it was your fault because you shared it, you told everyone that he had shared these things and that. And then when he got publicly cancelled by you, triggering the cancel culture, you know, that that made him go more down the rabbit hole and start asking more questions and then eventually he became a Nazi. Is it your fault that Pete Evans is a Nazi now? Well, yeah. No, I'm, I mean, <laughs> he, the thing is he never got cancelled from sharing QAnon stuff. He, never, he didn't. He did never, he? He never yeah. got cancelled from sharing George Soros memes or anything like this. And, I mean, part of the I, – I raised this on Twitter the other day. Part of the problem is that, you know, there are people in the Australian media and politics who 
talk about George Soros and talk about cultural Marxism and all of this other anti-Semitic gear. And, you know, we've got politicians who are sort of on the edges probably of posting about QAnon as well. Uh, and there's there's very little consequence in the Australian political or media landscape for engaging with these ideas. Uh, you've really got to chuck up a swazzy before you can get anyone to notice. So he never got cancelled over this stuff. So I don't think I, I pushed him into anything. Okay. No, I don't think that either. I'm just being difficult. I'm being difficult. It's in my nature to be difficult. You made the point the other day that, that perhaps people should have, you know, he should have been being questioned, but, you know, he should have had his licensing deals cut off because he was already showing out the signs. It's because things like Q are essentially... You know, they, they, you know, I, not everyone would argue this, but I think they're crypto fascists in nature because they refer to a fascist power fantasy, don't they? I mean, it, it, you know, there's a natural, there's a natural uh, 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 arc where someone can head from QAnon to 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 neo-Nazi content. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. I mean. Yeah, it's QAnon is essentially like the the whole adrenochrome thing is just an updated blood libel. The whole thing about you know the the deep state is just the you know the protocols of the elders of Zion. It's all just dressed up stuff from a hundred years ago. Uh, I think that's the latent power of these these conspiracy theories and what have you, isn't it? It's the fact that they're actually very they've got great longevity to them. They've, they're stories that are being told and retold, and thus have vested. You know, they have components of those narratives creep into conspiracy circles everywhere. So it makes it very easy to retell them. You, you know, with a new sheen of paint on them, because people are more inclined to believe them. Because you know, as you said, it's just the old ones that the, anyone with a partiality to conspiracy theories just hearing it again with a new look of paint on it, hey? Yeah, and the, the thing also is it's such an omnibus conspiracy that anything can just be incorporated into it, which means that anything can be made as evidence of it. So you can, all you need is to get, have someone to believe one conspiracy and you say, well, that's part of this. And then it's like, all right, well, I can get on board with that. And, yeah, I've talked about this a little bit, that it just takes one little thing to be niggling away in your brain where you're questioning one thing and it makes it a lot easier to question everything else. You only have to pull one little thread for the whole thing to unravel. And that's the, yeah, that's the beauty yeah. of QAnon. It's all of it's incorporated into it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a great encouragement with a real-life political sort of anchor as well, I suppose. And, it, it, you know, and, and once, you, once it sends you off down a pathway, conspiracist thinking is a type of thinking, isn't it? Mm. Um, and, and so once you start off down that road, you've got a whole world of very up-to-date um, right-wing politics there sitting there w- willing to embrace you. And, and on the other hand, you've got a bunch of other people who are sitting there shaming you and saying, look at the science. And only one of those sides of appears to be emotive. But listen, can I ask you something? All of that aside, did you see in Pete Evans's earlier discussions a, 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 a possibility? And we can all agree that QAnon is crypto-fascist stuff. Did you wonder if he had the possibility for heading towards neo-Nazi content? Yeah, I mean, I, I, everything Pete Evans has done this year has surprised me a little bit because... You know, posting <laughs> posting that meme is, you know, is I would have thought it was career suicide. I don't think he mm, he says, you know, he's comes out and says, look, I have to, you know, look up what a neo-Nazi is. It's like I don't think that's true. I don't think someone can be as canny an operator as he is. Cause you see him in interviews with like, I don't know, did you watch the Rob Rob Robbo and Robbo interview that they did with him, these TV bloggers that <laughs> booked him in? No, when was that from? Oh, I haven't is, even heard of this. This is like a couple of months ago. It's a show called Ben, Rob and Robbo and they do ben, like a, a Facebook yeah. Live TV show. It's pretty slick but uh, yeah. they got him on. They got a lot of criticism because uh, people like this is, you know, after he's been saying, oh, I've, you know, I've got magic lights that heal coronavirus oh, and coronavirus isn't real, blah, blah, blah. So people are already yeah. like this is not responsible in the middle of a pandemic and he'd been posting Q stuff as well at this point. But when they had him on, he just ran rings around them. They were trying to, like, get him. They were doing gotchas. And they're like, okay. uh, but he was a lot smarter than they were. He, they would uh, ask him, like, do you think that, uh, you know, pedophilia has been covered up in this country? 
and he could point to like this law that had just come out in Victoria where victims of sexual abuse couldn't speak up about what had happened to them, a law, yeah. a law that's just yeah. been changed. And he's like, well, I mean, if you ask me if I think pedophilia has been covered up in this country, just look at what's happening in Victoria this week. And they're like, uh, uh, uh. So he's, hmm. I mean, he's definitely smarter than TV bloggers. Is that yeah. smart enough to <laughs> not post a Nazi symbol on your Facebook? Maybe not. Yeah, I don't know. Here's what I I, I have long felt. Yeah, if you look at someone like with a huge presence, it is huge. The huge presence like Pete Evans. I mean, is he the largest, you know, does he have the largest presence of anyone that ever shared something like a black sun? You know what I mean? And, yeah, in recent memory, you know, like a celebrity, he's obviously become red-pilled to the degree where they would share, you know, like swastika-adjacent imagery. You know, I, I feel like he's the largest there. Oh, yeah. But, like, I, I think of someone like that, to me, it always feels like there's got to be someone behind the scenes working on red-pilling him. And that's because everyone who's far right is obsessed with working on their friends and their connections and red-pilling them, right? Yeah, it would not surprise me in the least if it turned out that someone or a group of people saw the same thing that we saw with Pete Evans where he's sort of, you know, on this edge and thought, you know, we can work on this. I, I see people in the Facebook groups and these other groups where they're talking about vaccines and 5G and blah, 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 and someone will come in and be like, yeah, so what about the Holocaust? You know, like they lied to you about all this stuff, you know, consider that. And it would mm. not shock me in the least that that's happened to Pete Evans. You also see like anti-Semitic content like this getting shared into these spaces where no one's, you know, arcing up about it because there's – this weird hippie thing of, you know, oh, we don't want to fight. And, mm. yeah, my question is, so you, you often see this Nazi stuff getting shared into these hippie areas and I'm guessing that's where he's picked something like this up because, like, where has he found it, this thing that's only been posted on these neo-Nazi blogs up until this point? But we know his comments to have, which, I, you know, I mean, there's been a couple of comments. There was a comment under that meme in which he says, you know, he's like, oh, I was waiting for someone to notice the black sun. Mm. And we know that six months ago he was wearing a MAGA hat. So it's not like, you know, I, I, I was saying, I was speaking to someone the other day and I was saying, well, there's only two possible contexts for this meme. There's a context of if someone like you or me shared it and then that would be us remarking on what we would be seeing as the alt-right, you know, pipeline from, from MAGA to fash. You know, that's what it would mean if you shared it. That would be the context there. And then the context of someone who was wearing a manga hat six months ago sharing it now is obviously saying, look at my the, this new milestone in my political transition. That, that, that They're the only two contexts, right? Well, they're the only two credible contexts. Of course, there's the third option, which is it's, you know, it's just a caterpillar having a cup of tea with a butterfly uh, and, you know, they're, they're <laughs> sort of opposites and they're just having a friendly chat and it's how, you know, just because one of us is a caterpillar and one of us is a butterfly doesn't mean we can't get along. Which, um, <laughs> for some reason, I love the disingenuousness. The disingenuousness is the most fascist thing of all. Do you know what I mean? Like, that is what neo Nazis do. That is the fucking lying through your teeth and being a fucking intellectually dishonest coward. That's more neo Nazi than a Sonnenrad, in my view, you know? When I saw that, I was like, is he going to get away with this? And then it was like, nah. Didn't cut it with Baccarat, didn't cut it with fucking Kmart. Which is oh, I was Isn't impressed that by that. Surprising. Yeah. Have you? Yeah. Have you been impressed? Have you been surprised? Oh yeah. By the response? I, I was surprised by the repercussion. I I think I tweeted. You know, he's been posting, you know, anti-Semitic gear for a little while now. He's posted like interviews with David Icke, and is this going to be enough? And then the next day, everyone just canned him. So I was like, all right, fair enough. Maybe I was a yeah, little too cynical. He'd gone a little too far, yeah. No, I, I found the whole thing extremely surprising. And, I, you know, I really feel like a couple of years ago people would not have understood this. You know what I mean? You're trying to go, oh, no, that's actually another symbol. It means a neo-Nazi thing. I just, re you know, I almost feel like when you're trying to tell people that, you, you can almost 
predicting. He can feel the eye rolls coming on and the, 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 the accusation of being a hysterical lefty, even though you know, you know, he's trying to tell other people who've got no concept and you've got to cater to that lack of a concept there, don't you? And most people in most instances just don't give a shit unless they see an actual swazzy, you know, backed by an eagle or something yeah. on a red background. <laughs> you know, historically, you know, in recent history, they're not going to get it. And the alt-right, as with their little OK hand sign and things like that, they capitalise on hiding in plain view, don't they? I think one of the dumbest responses I got was someone being like, you know, if the Christchurch killer had had a billabong backpack or a rip curl backpack, would you be saying uh, billabong and rip curl were Nazi symbols? It's like (laughs) these are the sort of intellects that you're dealing with. Why do we, did they, did that asshole mean that? Is that the best way that they can conceive of the argument against Pete Evans? Like, are they just not able to get there logically? Uh, it's some weird units, Tom. Oh, look, what are we, you know, what are we going to police individual shitheads online? Where would we end? Where would we end? So you felt so you felt that you, you but you've, you 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 were surprised to see him get there I suppose in terms of that meme but you've been surprised also to see everyone else responding. Yeah, but I mean I guess down. the other thing is like every sort of little escalation over the course of the year surprised me but then looking back at it and seeing the evolution of all of these other wellness influences and seeing the way that these far right ideas that were sort of always infesting that space have just sprung up Mm. through COVID, then looking back, I'm not surprised. But as it happened, it took me by surprise, each evolution. Yeah. Are you what do you where do you think Pete Evans is to go to from here? I mean he doesn't have his sponsorships and uh, you know I I he doesn't have his sponsorships. What's he, what's he gonna do? Do you think that he'll do the whole cornered animal just been cancelled thrust over and who will just then go further down the red pill pathway almost as a way of, you know, uh, giving a middle finger and up yours to, to everyone who cancelled him? Oh. <laughs> I mean, what's, where, where do you think? What do you think? Is- oh, well, if we want to, you know, war game this out, Tom, uh, let me just... Uh- <laughs> the war room. We're in the war room now. Look, the Australian oh. media loves to rehabilitate a fascist, <laughs> so... Yeah. Or to not even to rehabilitate them, to just chuck them on Sky News. But, you know, Andrew Bolt came out and had a crack as well the other day, so I'm not sure how that's going to go. But, you know, like Lauren what Southern. Was Andrew Bolt's crack? I actually didn't get around to reading that. Oh, Andrew Bolt on Sky was like, look, yeah, cancel culture is obviously not great, but why wasn't this guy already cancelled? <laughs> oh, uh, holy shit. Oh, okay, so he did his, you know, because Andrew Bolt has a thing where every one in ten times he says something that's decent to keep himself from being perma-cancelled. Yeah, stop clocking that. But, I mean, you know, Lauren Southern was out in the Mediterranean trying to drown asylum seekers and she's on Sky News. So, you know, Southern Rad's not so bad in comparison to that. So we may yet see that. I don't know. Just the, the bolt factor sort of throws a little wrench in the works there. It does, yeah. It actually suggests, I think, certainly with the, the whole uh, right-wing network of, of those kinds of grifters in Australia, it's very much who you know more than what you know. And and, and Bolt coming out against you suggests that Pete Weapons doesn't know many of those people. Um, so I wonder what his future Sky News success might be. I mean, the other option, this is the more cynical one, there's always, you know, the full rehab of, you know, oh, sorry, guys, you know, Got to be confused with COVID. Um, back on MasterChef, yeah, in two years. Oh, as in like as it confused, sorry, and just all just lets it sort of like fade away, and yeah. then gets to come back on telly. Well, it's like he'd been up until this thing. He was the next day. He was supposed to be going into. I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here, <laughs> you know. And what he yeah. what he posted was not a huge leap from what he'd been doing. So, yeah, this could. Just because so many people chopped him, I don't know if there's going to be a comeback, but the Australian media loves to have these people come back. I guess the the sort of third option, though, is that he goes off into all of this land he's been buying up and, like, mysterious amounts of land, (laughs) maybe you could say. This is what I worry about. He's got a huge parcel of land. He's obviously, obviously to to me, has, has, you know, neo-Nazi 
inclinations, at least in a mystic fascist sort of, you know, hippy-dippy spiritual kind of fashy way, he goes out there and, you know, obviously I hear the Lad Society are looking for a new <laughs> shop since their last bit of training space got done for. I imagine him getting along quite well with Tom Sewell in some respects. Yeah. They could uh, just raise their vibrations together. But, you know, the, all of these hippies still love him. Just because, you know, Pan McMillan jumped off board doesn't mean that he doesn't still have this massive fan base of stupid hippies. Yeah, yeah. I have I have one more question for you, Cam, and it's for me. You know what? These things happen, these campaigns, and they, they always seem to end in coals. <laughs> or or Woolworths, like where people go, people think that the the battle is won when someone's product is taken off the shelf. And I understand we live under capitalism, you know, like these fights are probably going to have to happen where the modern marketplace or town square is and under capitalism the town square is probably the Isles of Coles. But do you, how do you feel, do you feel, it's, do you feel any sense of victory? Because I tend to get a little bit empty. I'm like, I don't think the cultural problem's been solved. I just think that the jars of, you know, contaminated um, uh, like uh, jerk chicken sauce aren't on the shelves anymore. Do you know what I mean? It's funny you should say that because I have a pre-contaminated jar of Pete Evans Jamaican jerk sauce in my cupboard. Do you? From, you know, from the batch before the one that was all contaminated, which incidentally was just contaminated with like allergens. It was, it's fine to eat. But yeah. this is also, you know, pre-controversy Pete Evans. Like, what do I do now? Am I going to waste that jerk sauce or do I have, have to have some, you know, guilty jerking? Um, I <laughs> guilty jerking. Not for the first time, I would imagine. But they, um, yeah, I don't know if I don't. Yeah, I don't really see these things as wins. I thought it was sort of weird. There was that one bookshop that held out, and I was like, they were like, "No, we're not going to take any books off." And then it seemed like a lot of pressure was being put on them until finally mm. they were just like, "Oh, okay, we'll take them off. <laughs> Fine." I, that didn't yeah, and feel I like don't a win feel like I'm not sure what that process signified or meant because clearly they conceive of their place as a seller of books as being what did they say? They said Switzerland repeatedly. Um, well, yeah, that was a sort of an awkward of- metaphor when you you know we're saying all right, there's this Nazi thing. They're saying, well, we're not taking a position on the Nazi thing. We're just taking the money. From the Nazi-related thing, which is sort of very Switzerland. I don't think they meant it like that. It's really odd because it's like I I feel like, say, uh, Mein Kampf or what have you should be able to be in bookstores because I, you know, it's a a work of historical significance and I actually, you know, know, it's a work of modern significance in the sense that I'd rather people actually understand how white supremacy works or where it gets its ideology from. So, you know what I mean? Like not just to to pipeline themselves into it but so that they understand what the fuck they're talking about when they talk about what they think are neo-Nazis. So, you know, I... I, I think that's important. I understand the perspective. But, yeah, more than anything, I also understand someone going, well, what the fuck are you doing? Why are you supporting this guy given his new views? But it did all seem very ritualistic and forced, sort of going, I'm going to leave you bad comments until you take those health books away. Um, we won anything there, you know? Yeah, I don't know. It didn't seem like a huge win to me. I'm, I guess on the Mein Kampf point, you know, there's, I guess there's a, there's editions of Mein Kampf that have, you know, a context attached to them. They have like a, a column on the side saying this is what this is about. And then there's the version that's just got a bunch of swastikas on it. And maybe the swastika ones we could take off the shelves and just leave them. <laughs> yeah, I think that sounds like a good idea. Leave the one. Are you suggesting that perhaps you should write a foreword to future editions of Pete Evans' books to clarify um, his historical significance and... Yeah, and he's red pilling in there. That, yeah. that might be worthwhile. I mean, I guess the thing is, Pete. I don't think Pete Evans loses any money by these books coming off the shelf. Really, like he's been. Yeah, that's interesting. Has this really impacted him in any significant way, yeah. or, is it, or is just that this these cynicalized companies doing damage control in a way where they get to go, oh, you know, we're reconsidering our 
deal with Pete Evans and then they just get to not renew it next time. <laughs> Is that all that happens? Yeah, I don't look, I don't know how this stuff works, but I'm sure he, I'm sure he's going to lose money from appearances and things over the next few years, but yeah, if he can bounce back into a career at Sky News as you know, the Uber cancelled, then it'll all sort of balance out. Well, hang on, what are you going to do, Cam Smith, at Sex and Home on Twitter? What are you going to do with your jar of jerk chicken sauce? Are you going to cook it? Are you going to eat it? Or are you going to stand up for what's right and get, get rid of it? Well, and <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying, I feel like now I'm trying to cancel you. I don't know why I'm doing this. I, 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 maybe it's just the lefty in me. Maybe it's the leftist totalitarian in me. I'm sorry, I what are you going to do with it? Am though? I going to get more cancelled if I, you know, waste the food when some little kitty could have had a delicious meal of jerk chicken? You're absolutely right. I think you could make it for, you could make it. You make that meal for the white children. Make it for the white children and thereby preserve the future of the white race. Well, okay, I wasn't going to quite put it like that. <laughs> but I thought something would not get cancelled here, Tom. I'm sorry, I don't know. Yeah. I'm just going to stop the whole line of rhetoric. I would like to see the jar. Can you send a photo through and, and show me the jar? Yeah. Thank you, thank you. I'll put it on the. I'll put it on this episode. The the image for this for this app. If you send it through. Oh, don't don't cancel me over this. But the reason I think I bought the Pete Evans Jamaican jerk sauce is because they took the Usain Bolt jerk sauce off the market. So. <laughs> I literally replaced. I literally replaced. Hang on, the, the, the Pete Evans replaced Usain Bolt. No, just a, I needed a replacement for the Usain Bolt after it was taken off. So I've replaced, yeah, you know, Olympic champion Usain Bolt with, you know, white supremacist at least adjacent Pete Evans in my cupboard. Hang on, you've replaced. <laughs> you replaced Usain Bolt <laughs> with this neo-Nazi. <laughs> Sorry, we're not going there. We're not. We're not going there. You just wanted look, everyone. He just wanted to have a feed. Okay, yeah. stop reading any significance into this. He's my friend. Everyone leave leave Cam Smith alone. Okay, it's not how it's not how it looks. I wanted it to be spicy, but with a little taste of pineapple. Is that a crime? <laughs> Is that a race crime? <laughs> Uh, Cam, Cam Smith, do you have anything to plug, mate? Oh, yeah. Uh, listen to Yerna Passaran on 3CR, mm. 8.55 a.m., 4.30 p.m. on Thursdays, and it's on all the podcast things as well. So check it out. Who are you um, Who are you talking to? Do you know? Are you able to say who you're talking to in the upcoming app? Or? Uh, yeah, we're going to talk to, in the next one, Laura Jadid, who is a freelance journalist from Portland in Oregon but was out in uh, – Wherever the Proud Boys were stabbing people the other day, she was there. <laughs> oh, right. Excellent. Sick, sick. Oh, well, I'll be tuning in and everyone else should as well. Thank you so much for your time, Cam. You're a legend, mate. No worries. Catch us later. <laughs>